0: From NATO Allied Command Transformation in Norfolk, Virginia, this is the Innovation Podcast, a discussion forum on the practice, strategy, and value of innovation as a critical tool for strengthening the NATO alliance. Today, we'll be discussing the experimental software tool known by its acronym AWARE. Described as a situational awareness enhancer, AWARE collects, processes, and visualizes multiple streams of open source data to inform analysts and decision makers about patterns of life in any operational environment. To discuss AWARE, we're joined by Marcus Gall, the section head for analytics and data science at Allied Command Transformation, and the project manager for AWARE, Lieutenant Commander James Carrick. Prior to joining ACT, Marcus was the section chief for data and analysis in the Afghan assessment group at the HQ of the International Security Assistance Force in Kabul from 2010 to 2014. From 2015 to 2020, Marcus served as the Senior Scientist for Operational Analysis and Operations Assessment at the NATO Communications and Information Agency in The Hague, Netherlands. Marcus joined ACT in March 2020 with the specific mission of developing data science as a local enabling capability for ACT and the NATO enterprise. Lieutenant Commander Jim Carrick joined the British Royal Navy in 1996 and served as a warfighter submariner on both hunter killer and ballistic missile submarines. In 2014, James served as an exercise planner for NATO's Joint Warfare Center in Stavanger, Norway, and in 2017 as a short and medium term planner for Joint Force Command Brunsum in the Netherlands. In 2020, James joined the Innovation Branch at ACT and became a product owner of the minimum viable products known as Texas. Casa, Nocum, and the product we're discussing today, Aware. Marcus, um, I'll begin with you. In, in the context of experimental software development, Aware is what's known as an MVP, a minimum viable product. What is that exactly?
1: So uh, an MVP is an is an experiment that shows to uh, users three or four or five uh, features that a full product or tool could have. These features are working features, and they show, in this case, where AWARE is in the realm of data science and artificial intelligence, what the benefit of using data science and artificial intelligence could be.
0: Okay, so uh, an MVP demonstrates to a user or operator a tool's potential uh, if it were fully developed. Yes. And Jim, uh, what does AWARE stand for? What does it do?
2: Okay, so AWARE stands for Automated Web Analyzer, raker, and exploiter. And what it does, it uses machine learning, natural language processing, and advanced analytics to aggregate, enrich, and visualize data from open sources. Mm-hmm. It then customizes um, this open source data streams um, to provide the user with the specific data that they require. It displays this information in an intuitive and easily understandable manner. It improves operational environment understanding and contributes to decision-making. and of so to round that all off, it basically displays open source information in a simple method that helps the user makes decisions.
0: Yeah, it's a, a, a tool that's designed for users in command and control to help make decisions in the field. Is that correct?
2: Yes, that's exactly correct. It's, it's there to help the decision maker make the right decision.
0: So how is AWARE different from existing tools that also use open source information?
2: Well, AWARE was designed to display the data from multiple sources in one place. So if you like, we already know that the intelligence community already used open source data to help with some of their decision making. And what we've tried to do is put all of this open source data in one spot so they don't have to go to lots of different places to collect it. They can decide what they want and they can get it all in one place.
0: And and let's uh, discuss what these open sources actually are. I mean, there's the weather, there's social media. uh, What else is there?
1: Yeah. For example, um, I already mentioned, uh, uh traffics, um, uh, traffic anomalies and uh, the history of traffic. So how people are yeah, trafficking, uh, getting around in their cars. So there's mm-hmm. traffic data, um, that is openly available. Everybody, of course knows uh, Google maps or here technologies that provide these services. Um, and you have access to this data that you can use to, um, develop a pattern of where people, are traveling uh, in their cars, for example, and where congestions occur, or where anomalies uh, occur. Mm-hmm. Then uh, there are other sites out, that, uh, out there that uh, provide you information on scheduled events, for example. You know? So then you know if there's an event happening somewhere that is where people um, are expected to be.
0: Mm-hmm. So is it, all, uh, is it all real-time information?
1: Uh, no, no. A lot of the time is, uh, a lot of the data is actually about uh, historical data because you want to develop patterns. You want to see where people are actually, let's say, in, um, on average, where, they, where, where you can find them on average. So for this, you need historical data to develop what this pattern is. And then once you have a pattern established, you can, of course, see um, how it is um, anomalous, how it deviates from this. So for the traffic data, for example, we used um, the data uh, for the last 30 days for a given location in, let's say, a 10-kilometer radius around that location. And we looked at a certain time window. And um, the normal traffic was then determined um, over this averaging over the last four weeks. And you compared this to the current traffic information. And then you could see, okay, is it going as normal? Or are there any anomalies?
0: And how would a, a user or operator use this tool in the field? I mean, what does that look like?
1: Yes. Uh, so one of the um, the biggest benefits of a um, of something like This is that um, a military ground commander can gain better situational awareness. It is a a lot about situational awareness. What is going on in the operational environment where a commander, a local commander is acting? Where are the people? Where are the places that people uh, gather? Where are, 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 for example, sport events happening? What is the critical infrastructure? Where are hospitals? Where are um, protected sites, historical sites? Where are museums? So where is the additional information that we can get from uh, open sources that tells us where people, so to speak, are are gathering and are in the course of a day. So, for instance, take traffic anomalies. Mm -hmm. So
2: if he can see what the traffic's doing and what it has been doing in the past, he can then decide and choose the best routes to get uh, logistics, supplies into a certain area. Looking at population density, uh, and even a geo-search, seeing what types of buildings are in particular areas, he can decide or work out where a population might be concentrated and therefore what services is he likely to need to bring up for that particular population in that particular area, especially if we're looking at some sort of disaster issue where he might need to be looking at, at, looking at and thinking about how are we going to resupply water, how are we going to supply food? These are all the sort of things a NATO commander um, would probably have to consider in an operation. And, and I say, a lot of this isn't necessarily military-based. A lot of it covers off sort of non-military type areas, to, to, along with this disaster relief type of uh, idea. Hmm.
0: So, so how many um, data streams um, is a decision maker looking at? What does the interface show? What does that look like?
1: So, from the interface point of view, I mean, we, we looked at roughly, I think, around 30 data streams here. Um, But there's of course a display issue um, and it uh, you cannot show more than four at a a time or it becomes too confusing you can of course conceive um, various displays where um, you as i mentioned earlier uses data fusion so you fuse data you aggregate data you show um, aggregated results but um, in order to not be too confusing for a commander um, in the context of this mvp uh, we limited ourselves to four at a time
2: so at the moment when somebody goes to look at a single piece of information say traffic they can just see what their traffic density is doing they may then have to go to a completely different system to see where popular population density exists or where there are particular types of churches or maybe even restaurants but with aware what you can do is you can build these layers and put one on top of each other up to four layers then he can see how the traffic may affect where the population density is i.e. I need to get 15 lorries of food through to this particular church because I can see that's where most of the people are gathering after the disaster happened because it's a nice safe place for them to be.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, of course, we do live in an era of of misinformation and where data streams can be manipulated. Um, And so how do you ensure the data is not manipulated, or rather, how do you counter data that that may be manipulated by an adversary?
2: Uh, Well, This is the beauty of aware, because when you're taking data streams, you don't have to take data streams that show different bits of data. So for instance, you could hit three or four different open sources to show you traffic. So you could use Google Maps, OpenStreetMap, and then what you could do, you suck in all that data, and then you compare the data. Hmm. So if everything is as it should be, you would expect to see the same results from all your different um, open sources. If you get significantly different results, that would strongly suggest that somebody somewhere has been manipulating some of that data. Now, whilst it's probably relatively easy for an adversary to go in and manipulate one source of data or one data stream, if you like, to go across and manipulate, manipulate numerous sources is far more complicated, far more difficult. And as I say, Aware provides information as to the decision maker as well as other sources that he 'll use other military NATO sources so if you like this is to back up data that he's, yeah. the user has already got, so that in itself will help him decide if some of the data he 's receiving is slightly suspect, and he believes it may have been manipulated uh,
1: by an adversary yeah of course, being able to manipulate data um, by adversaries are actually trying to figure it out. Um, whether it was manipulated or not, is a a huge field in itself. This in itself is an MVP and more uh, for the future, trying to figure out whether data has been manipulated uh, or not. So this is a huge field that uh, still lies ahead of us.
0: So I think what you're saying is Aware or a product like Aware is a complementary tool. It's not the only tool. Yes. So who are the potential customers for this? Who uh, Who would you like to see using it? They could be anyone, any organisation within
2: NATO, or they don't need to be NATO or even military-based. They could be any non-governmental organisation. Basically, it's somebody who makes decisions and requires data to make those decisions. And if that data is available open source, you could potentially use AWARE to help and assist with that decision-making process. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, it's the it's the alliance as a whole. It's each of the thirty nations within the alliance individually, or or even an NGO like a uh, Red Cross, for example.
2: Correct, and actually, using the Red Cross as a good example, uh, they could use this technology in very similar ways that the military would use it. So, for instance, the Red Cross may need to move large quantities of aid from point A to point B. Now, looking at traffic, just because it's a good set example we've used throughout the podcast, is they can check routes to see how congested those routes may be, see if there are better options that they can take, maybe to get them in different ways uh, through different areas. Also, when they're coming up to a, a population, be it a town, a city, some villages, where are those populations sort of um, focused? So you, you can l- use AWARE to see where are the local schools, where are the local churches, where are the local community buildings. So when when they arrive, they may have a, it may well give them a reasonable idea of where they're likely to find the majority of the people in those areas or where where people tend to congregate. So where would be the best places for them to set set up their first aid stations, distribution hubs, that type of thing.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, now we've discussed aware is a, a minimum viable product, an MVP, and therefore it's experimental, but still it makes me wonder how aware or something like aware could be used to assist decision-makers in the real world. For instance, the evacuation of Kabul in in 2021. Um, I wonder how could this tool, if it had existed, have assisted decision-makers in a scenario like that?
1: Yes, so if we had a tool like in this context, and um, this is not a Western country, if we had the data um, to actually explore all of exploit um, all of what we um, discussed, then, uh, well, clearly it could have helped um, identify uh, congested traffic um, out of the norm, because I mean, we know there was a lot uh, of chaos uh, in, in these days, during the, these weeks, during the evacuation of Kabul, lots of congested traffics, roadblocks, additional checkpoints uh, that were out of the norm, and just people on the streets, um, the amount of uh, population that was afraid on the roads, or, for example, occupied buildings um, or was in front of buildings that uh, was out of the norm, for example, banks. As we, we know from the news, um, they were gathering in front of banks trying to um, to get to their money, uh, rightfully. So all of this additional information um, creates obstacles hmm. for the evacuation, for people who, who um, may have been worked for NATO or other international organizations whom you want to direct to the airport so um, that would have been a, a large help to do this would have helped um, for example with the uh, um, tracking of trending topics in, in in news So something we haven't spoken about too much but we were also exploiting um, news reports and using uh, natural language processing to uh, extract information from news reports so one could have used uh, what was being discussed in the news or also in, in social media um, to to help identify Again, routes that um, are out of the norm, ways to direct, in this case, the population to, let's say, safer places. Population, mm-hmm. not necessarily the population, but those that we were in contact with. We also were in mm-hmm. contact with some of the population who were working with NATO, for example. But um, lots of chaos, lots of changing, quickly changing, um, and very dynamic, uh, um, a very dynamic environment. And uh, for something like this, a tool like AWARE that is also able to do almost real-time analysis and generate real-time output and comparing it to uh, historical norms would have been really helpful. Mm
0: -hmm. And what do you see next for AWARE? I think probably in the next year or
2: so, we'll demonstrate it at another couple of upcoming NATO exercises so we can get further input from other potential users. We can show its potential out there to the rest of the NATO alliance, uh, and hopefully a group of users can come together, take it on, further develop it, and push it through the process to end up with a useful capability to help them make decisions in the future.
0: So success for AWARE means handing it off or finding additional partners for its development, right?
2: Exactly, yes. is yes. finding an organization, a sponsor, who would like to further develop it uh, for their further use.
0: Yeah. And one last question then. Um, Why is it important that the Alliance continues to commit resources to developing MVPs, minimum viable products like AWARE, and specifically products that use data science and artificial intelligence?
1: Yeah. Uh, We need more um, experiments. We need more demonstrators. We need to explore more what these new technologies, such as data science or artificial intelligence, uh, what they can do. We can use them for risk assessment. Um, for risk mitigation into the future. Um, it's, of course, also about technology integration. There are all these new technologies out there. And uh, well, how can we actually uh, use them or make make use of them? Our adversaries are certainly doing this. So we should um, should do the same.
2: Just to back oh, up what yeah. Marcus was saying, our adversaries are already using technology and they use it very quickly. And this technology in itself is uh, developing and evolving very quickly. And if we don't have a process by which we can solve Warfighters' pain points very quickly, we fall or we come under risk, if you like, of possibly falling behind our adversaries in the levels of technology that we have and that we can use and utilise for our decision-making process, for making the warfighter who's actually on the ground's life easier, all that sort of stuff. We need to be able to keep up with the current pace of modern technology and provide these MVPs to show the Alliance, um, the way ahead with our future capability development.
0: Yeah, that's an important point to make. Uh, Well, Jim, Marcus, uh, thanks for your time today. Uh, Great conversation. Thank you.
2: Well, thank you ever so much for uh, talking to us and inviting us on the podcast.
1: Yes, thank you. Also from my side. It was a pleasure.